Welcome to the Wait and Speak podcast. I'm your host, Rikweer White. The theme for this episode is future studies, measuring and making the future. I spoke to Doris Fulyun, a senior futurist at the Institute for Futures Research and lecturer in future studies at the University of Stellenbosch Business School. Doris has specialized skills in strategy development and environmental strategic awareness. She has consulted to leading listed organizations in South Africa and abroad. Doris has postgraduate qualifications in business management, education, project management, as well as in future studies. She has a wide range of research interests and is passionate about asking the right questions. Without further ado, here's the interview. Doris, welcome on the podcast. It's great to be with you here today and to have you on the podcast. Um, so I've, I've spoken about your background in future studies. So I think the first question is, tell us a bit more, what, what exactly is future studies? And perhaps you also hear about strategic foresight. Are these mm-hmm. concepts related? Is it the same? And tell us a bit more. What does a professional futurist uh, do? Okay, cool. Um, Richard Slaughter de- defined the field as the place where we try to open mind spaces of people. So whenever you hear any futurist talk, you will always hear people somewhere in the story. So people are central in future studies. We work with what's going on in the minds of people. We try to give them information, mainly so that we can facilitate them and help them to see the multiplicity of futures that is available from wherever they stand, and then help them to plan their actions based on what they see. Because wherever we stand in time, there's always multiple plausible futures. And we, the people of the earth, actually have an influence on the future that actually happens because we assign resources, we make decisions, we create processes, and through that we actually make the future happen. So as futurists, we try to sort of create a picture, an image in people's minds of the options they have available so that they can plan actions. About a professional futurist, it's the coolest job. (laughs) seriously the coolest job you've ever heard of. Um, Andy Hines is one of the people that write a lot about future studies, and he has spent a lot of time as a practicing futurist within an organization. And he said, well, if you're a professional futurist, you're probably going to be able to sort your activities into three sort of groups. So the first one is creating content, sharing information with people so that they have this information that they can gain insights mm-hmm. about futures. But then he also says you're probably going to have to do a little bit of process work where you create thinking duels or create processes for that information that you're creating to actually reach the people that have to make decisions. Otherwise, all your efforts will go to waste. So content work is the first one and then process work. And then the third one is you are probably going to do a little bit of culture and mindset change so that people can actually understand, change their minds if necessary. You will be influencing their mental models. Mm-hmm. And, and Doris, leading from, from that, I gather, future studies mm-hmm. is not about making a prediction. No. Uh, you talked about the idea of possible futures. Um, and perhaps linking to that, can you tell us a 
brief, you know, give us a brief background around the origins of future studies. That it's actually a very, it's it's a scientific field. Um, the, there's uh, research behind it. Just give us a broader context around that and how has it evolved and where we are today. As general thoughts about the future, I believe even the cavemen probably um, practiced at least a little bit of foresight. Um, they looked at ant activity and knew whether the realized, well, okay, if there's increased ant activity, the weather's probably going to change. We will have more or less rain or something like that. So I think we are hardwired as people to actually be able to practice foresight. Mm -hmm. Having said that, general thoughts about the future is not future studies. It is actually a scientific field. Um, it's an art as well as a science. Um, we have multiple tools and techniques that we can apply to help people um, think about the future. Whenever we gather information, we follow very rigorous processes. And at the business school, um, we are this year already taking our 22nd year of intake. So as a degree offered by the business school, we had our 21st year parties last year. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, Doris, now, now moving on to, to the business, you we spoke about the business school. Um, what is the con what is your sense today within companies around the future and the time actually spent strategically planning about the future? I know there's a lot of strategy plans being developed and often the problem is are they actually implemented and, and what's the link there? But um, what's the role of, of, of futures thinking in that arena and that space and, and do we see enough of it? Well, I'm also, you know, you must know that I have a sort of a biased view, so I'm always going to say no, they don't spend enough time. Um, and from practice, I'm a strategist, or that's how I, the, how I came to the field of future studies, is from strategy and realized that if we only create strategies, because strategy by default is one path, and that is where we need to sort of take a step back and say, well, okay, let us just imagine before we make our one plan, let us just consider multiple plans and do a little bit of a rehearsal inside of those multiple different futures and then choose the one we actually want, but keep on scanning the environment to see whether they are indications of some of the other possibilities that we have rehearsed actually happening so that we can adapt our ways all the time. So it's not about being rigidly fixed on a strategy. No. It's not about being agile, yeah. have a strategy, but be open to change and, and swerve as things change as in the environment. Goes. Yeah, for okay. sure. Makes sense. Um, now, thinking of, of our listeners out there, you know, what are some of the opportunities to incorporate futures thinkings? Because I think you touched on it, there's a difference about thinking about the future and actually thinking strategically about the future. Um, so what are some of the basic tools? And then what you mentioned, um, the 22nd year of intake, what are some of the opportunities for people interested to, to learn to in this field? Okay, so the first thing on a personal level, no matter where you are, if it's in your family, in your team, at work, wherever, um, three questions. Just keep three questions in mind all the time because what's ha going to happen in your mind is that your, your brain is going to help you to see things differently. So if you, on a regular basis, just ask why. Now, why are we doing this? 
And then if you get the answer, ask another why and another why. In future studies, we have this five why technique where you ask why five times mm -hmm. and then uh, just go try it. <laughs> Put anything on the table and then just ask why five times. So yeah. ask why, take the answer, whatever the answer is, ask why, why? ask why, ask why. Mm. After the first one, now you're going to sit back and say, oh, I never thought about it like that. Uh. Yeah. So ask why on a regular basis and then ask what if. What if helps if you think, think about your underlying assumptions about something. Let's think about education in South Africa. When we think about schools, basic education, in our minds we have a physical classroom, we have a teacher, we have children, children, mm -hmm. and we have books and stuff. What if it's not children in the school? Because you and me, no matter how qualified we are, our skills are getting up, outdated. Yes. What if adults have to go back to school? Are we going to make them sit next to 13-year-olds? Our definition. So only that little bit. So what if, take our assumptions. What if it's not just one teacher? What if the kids teach each other? So context is important. Extremely important. Mm -hmm. So asking that what if one. And then the third part, one, ask how long. Mm -hmm. If we're in an organization, how long are we still going to market this product? Interesting question now on how long. It seems strategic plans are often in these boxes of five, but perhaps you should have multiple yes. time time periods if you consider. It's not just Yeah, and five so years. have it fluid. Yes. The fluidity is the mm. big thing. You asked about the training. Professional training is actually necessary. Like I said, general thoughts about the future is nice and sometimes very entertaining. Mm -hmm. We have people out there that make very cool purple smoke. Um, <laughs> but general thoughts about the future is not actual future mm -hmm. studies. Um, we offer, in partnership with USB Executive Development, they do shorter courses. So if you just want a little bit of a taste of future studies, um, we have short courses, scenario planning, etc., in partnership with... USB executive development, but then at the business school we have the postgrad diploma, that is a one-year course, and that can be followed on with a master's and even a doctorate. Fantastic. Um, then moving on, the Institute for Futures Research. Can you tell us a bit more about about the work that you do and how yes. it ties into the business school? We are a commercial unit within the business school. In other words, we consult with outside clients organizations, government departments, businesses, they come to us and say, please help us think. And we do that in different ways. So one of the things that we do, because executives are busy, they don't yes. have time to read everything we no. do. They have to keep up with whatever is on their Outlook calendar or on their desk or walking in through their door. So they don't have time. What we do is curate published products that they sign up for and pay us. So on a weekly, monthly, and annual basis, they get a little bit of thinking into their inbox. So that's the one thing mm -hmm. we do. Other things that we do is to make speeches and presentations. People invite us over when they have a strategic planning session or something. So just in two hours, tell us what's going on out there. Mm -hmm. So a little bit of, whoa, that's what's going on in the world. So that when they start thinking about their strategy, they at mm -hmm. least have a little bit of news from outside. Mm -hmm. We speak at corporate events, that kind of thing. And then the more serious work that we do is we facilitate think days where we think about the future of an industry, an organization. We facilitate senior decision makers in thinking about the future, help them 
to think about the stuff that would change or influence their industry, where interesting surprises could emerge. It's really the coolest thing. Doing some scenario analysis. Some scenario planning, a lot of what's going on type of thing, and, and where will it touch the organization? Then we ask those kind of questions. Mm. What if, how long, all of those things uh-huh. in that facilitated think days. And then, of course, we do a commissioned research where people ask us and say, listen, please draw up, do research, write a report for us. Mm. One of uh, most of our work is hidden, of course, behind confidentiality yes. agreements. But one of the things that are actually available in the public domain, last year we did a big piece of research for NEDLAC. Mm-hmm. That's where government and social and labor and everybody mm-hmm. sits together and decide. So they asked us to think about the future of work in South Africa. We analyzed 12 different industries. We created scenarios. We did quite a significant labor economic analysis of what's going on in South Africa, Mm -hmm. and that's in the public domain. Mm -hmm. So people can actually just download it. And then about the IFR, we try to also share things. So if you want to follow us on social media, we have a LinkedIn page, a Facebook page, we're on Twitter, all this everywhere. So if you follow us, we try to at least very regularly share stuff that we find interesting. Fantastic. I'll also share some of the, the links on the podcast notes, yeah, including the, the report the you mean, like report. report you mentioned. And and, and then and just lastly tied to that, are there any specific books or, or resources? Obviously the Institute's website is a great start, but um, anything that pops comes to mind as a starting <laughs> as a starting point. I, starting I'm, I'm sure there's many, so much so many cool um, things to look at. There is such a lot of stuff, but if you just want a basic so I'm going to give you Two free things, and then two th- two books that you actually. But we have to take into account that I'm a book junkie. Now, no, me so, as well. So, so okay, yeah. so we'll we'll go light now. <laughs> All right. As a basic introduction to future studies, the UNDP in towards the end of 2018 published the Foresight Manual. Now that's a very nice document with a broad overview of tools and techniques, what it is that that foresight is about. And then Marie Conway, she's a futurist in, in Australia, and she, and on her website, there's always good stuff on her website, but among other things, she published a, a reader called Foresight and Introduction. And that's just the basic basics. Um, so if you just want to know, hey, what is this thing? Those two, those two publications are really, really meaningful. Um, and then Andy Hines, Peter Bishop, Okay, I said only two. Okay, I'm going to stop now. Okay, but <laughs> Annie Hines and Peter Bishop, they have published basic foresight manuals and things like that as well. Um, if you are looking for a bit of good practice for organizations, last year, George Day and Paul Schumacher published a book called See Sooner, Act Faster. And that is a really good book for organizational leaders to read about how do you actually get people in the organization to see sooner and act faster. There's a little bit of a, a test at the back that you can actually have people right. do the tips and assess your organization's foresight as it is, and then there are all kinds of good plans in there, so that's a good one for people in business. And then the coolest stories. Joe Tankersley used to be a Disney Imagineer, so he's really good at putting a story together. In foresight, a lot of what we do, especially to work with the minds of people, is to create vivid images of 
plausible futures. And Joe Tankersley belonged to the group of futurists that call that practice positive futures. When, because our friends in Hollywood is doing really well at creating very dystopian images mm -hmm. in our mind about what the future could be. So Joe wrote a book, and the title of the book is Reimagining Our Tomorrows. Mm -hmm. And he actually writes a number of short stories about very plausible, positive futures. It is such an inspiring book to read. And when you read it, you think, hey, we can actually do this. So on the one hand, it is really well written. It's very well researched. But it reads like just a cool story. It's accessible. It's and it can be done. Mm. And that, yeah, okay, I'm going to stop. Doris, thank you so much. It was fantastic speaking to you. I appreciate thank you. it. It was a pleasure. And that's a wrap for Measuring and Making the Future. Thank you for listening. Uh, for more information, please check out the show notes and podcast website. I welcome feedback and input. You can email me at waitspeak.podcast at gmail.com. Please rate and review this podcast. I hope you join me again for the next episode, which will look at behavioral economics.